Welcome to the eLaborate Topics Podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of eLaborate Topics. I am your host, and leadership mentor, Taiwana Wilson. If this is your first time tuning in to Elaborate Topics, it is a weekly podcast that brings you practical tips that you can use inside and outside of the laboratory. Myself, along with my co-hosts, Lona Small and Stephanie Whitehead, bring you these valuable tips week after week using our personal knowledge and experience, as well as having awesome guests that also share their knowledge and experience. Please tune in week after week. And before we get into this episode, please share it out with your network so that they can benefit from the tips covered in this episode. We have over 100 episodes in our library catalog. You can catch those episodes at directimpactbroadcasting.com or your favorite podcast platform. So today, let's get into this topic. How do I develop a team that lasts? More than two thirds of the people who leave their jobs do so because of ineffective or incompetent leaders. People don't leave their company they really leave their leader. I'll tell you that they probably say they're leaving for more money, better hours, better pay, and everything else. But a lot of times people are really leaving because of their leader. And as a leader, you have the power to create a positive leadership culture where potential leaders flourish and where your team wants to stay. If you create that environment, then people with leadership potential will learn, gain experience and come into their own under your leadership and they'll probably stay. And as we know right now in the medical laboratory industry, finding qualified, competent, positive energy team members is hard to come by. So you definitely want to cultivate your garden in your laboratory. So if you're ready, I'm going to share with you 12 power strategies that you can use to create a team with high retention and strong leadership. If you do just a few of these items, I'm sure you will start to see some results in your laboratory as your team dynamic starts to change as people want to stay in your laboratory. So let's jump right in. Get your pen, your paper, your notebook so that you can capture these power tips so that you can go back and listen to this episode and start your day off with that mindset that you are going to create a garden in your laboratory that grows, that have vegetables and all of that good stuff that you want and you want to have people in your laboratory that stay. So let's start it off. 
place a high value on people. The first shift for turning your organization into a leader friendly environment where people want to stay most occur inside of you. And I know you're like, I want practical. I want the tangible. I want the technical. But retention and leadership really starts with you as their leader. You only commit yourself to things you value. That's how you start to place a high value on people. And fundamentally, if you don't value people, you will never create a culture that develops leaders. Jim Collins study showed that the level five leaders value people in both words and in actions. So think about that. Are you valuing your people with what you say and with what you do? Many companies say they value their people and their customers and our patients, but those are trendy things to say. And as we know, talk is cheap. If you want to know whether this is a value in your organization or in your laboratory, then talk to people who know your organization well, but don't work for it. So this is that getting the insight of the customer or the consumer. What would they say? And if you ask them, their answers will probably give you the most accurate picture of what's going on in your organization or in your laboratory. So if you know people that are familiar with your organization, ask them, what do they know about your organization or what have they heard? And make sure these are people that that you trust, you trust their opinion, and more than likely they will give you an accurate picture of what the team is saying on the inside. But as always, you know your own heart better than anyone else. It does all start with you. So you need to ask yourself, do I place a high value on people? When you think about your team, if you look around your laboratory, are you placing a high value on your team? Are you treating them like they are the most important, precious asset of your laboratory? Or are you thinking task? Are you thinking metrics? Are you thinking statistics? The second thing is commit resources to develop people. I can remember when I was teaching leaders at a healthcare organization, one of the event organizers stated from the platform that people were their organization's most appreciable asset. And I applauded them for that sentiment, but I also expanded on it for the leaders in the room. His statement is true only if you develop those people. It takes a lot of effort to develop leaders. And I know in most laboratories, we're busy, 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 overworked and understaffed. And you're like, I don't have time to develop the leaders. But it's very important that you do. The first question a leader usually asks is, what is this going to cost? Right. And you don't have time. And my answer to that is whatever amount it costs, it won't be as high as the cost of not developing your people. 
Once again, I have a question for you and ask yourself, am I committed to providing resources for leadership development? So when you think about that cost and you think about what is too high, too high is having an open position that's been open for six months. That could be too high. Too high could be 30, 40% turnover in your staff. So when you ask, what is it going to cost? Think about what is it? What is the cost if you don't do anything, if you don't develop your people at all? The third power tip is place a high value on leadership. People who run a one person or more organization may not have to worry about leadership. It's just them, right? But for people who lead organizations, laboratories, multi-site organizations, leadership is always an issue. Anytime you have two or more people working together, leadership comes into play. And in some organizations and laboratories, all the emphasis is placed on effort and leadership isn't even on people's radar. And that's really a mistake. All good leaders recognize the importance of leadership and place a high value on it. If you value leadership, leaders will emerge to add value to the organization. Your frontline staff will start to seek projects. They will start to seek additional leadership opportunities when there's a high value placed on leadership. So when I this time, I think of the question to ask you, and it's pretty simple. Do you place a high value on leadership in your organization? So you have to think about where you place your value and if you're placing it on leadership. The fourth power tip is look for potential leaders. Are you looking for those rising stars among your team? Are you so far in the weeds you don't even know who your rising stars are? If leadership is on your radar and you really value it, you will continually be on the lookout for potential leaders. You need to get in the habit of searching for egos. And if you're like, Taiwana, what, what's an ego or what does an ego look like? Well, egos are people who make things happen. They see opportunities even when you as their manager, as their supervisor, as their team leader, don't see them. They influence the opinions and actions of others. Sometimes the people in your team who are the leaders may not be positive, right? But they influence the opinions and actions of others. Those egos add value to you as the leader. You're learning from them. They're adding value to you. They draw winners to them. They equip others eagles to lead. So these are people who really do well in training. They really, really do well with your students. They have a positive attitude when they show up to work. They provide ideas that help the organization. They live up to their commitments. 
They show fierce loyalty to the organization and to you as their leader. I'm sure if you look on your roster, you can find who your egos are. These might be people that you always put on projects. These are people that you say, I couldn't live without this person at work. They make the team awesome. So search for those egos amongst your team. And as you begin to search for these eagles or potential leaders, look for people who possess these qualities that I mentioned and ask yourself, am I continually looking for potential leaders? You can't stop at the one rising star or the two rising stars. You need to continuously look for leaders in your team that are like eagles. That's what make people want to stay. That's what keep people around. That's what makes your team full of leaders so that you can go on and create more leaders among your team. Tip number five, know and respect your people. Now, do you honestly respect your people? Sometimes as managers, we might think we respect our people, but do we really respect our people? Do you even know your people or know anything about your people? So as you find leaders and develop them, you will get to know them better as individuals. But there are also other characteristics that are common to all leaders that you should keep in mind as you take them through the development process among your team. And here are some things to keep in mind. People want to see results. People want to be effective. They want to do what they do well. So if somebody's really good with manual differentials, they really want to be on that bench. They really want to help train other people. They really want to help mentor other people. And when you put them in chemistry, and I know people need to rotate benches, but when you put them in this a chemistry and that's not their best area, then they don't feel as effective, right? People feel effective in the areas that they are most talented in. So people want to be effective. They want to be in the picture. They want to be appreciated. And most importantly, people want to be a part of the celebration. They want to know what's going on. They want to know the bigger picture of the project. So as you select people to develop, work to strike a balance between these universal desires and the individual needs of your people. Try to tailor your development process for each individual as much as you can. And people start to feel more connected with you when they feel like things are tailored towards them. And to do that, continually ask yourself, do I know and respect my people? And I know we've probably talked about this on another episode where we talked about employee rounding. So getting out there, getting out of your office, if you're in an office and understanding what your people do, understanding the challenges that they have, understanding how you can make things better. 
So getting to know your people and getting to know what's affecting them so that you know if they are usually enthusiastic and then all of a sudden their attitude changes and it's so unlike their character. You have to know your people and respect your people and then you'll be able to see when there shifts and know how to support your people. Power tip number six, provide your people with leadership experiences. Everybody wants an experience, not just a task to do, but an experience. It is impossible to learn leadership without actually leading. So you can get all the degrees you want. You can complete all the online courses you want. You can casually listen to all the webinars that you want to while you're multitasking. But the true learning comes from implementing and actually leading. So getting the information from those sources is great as long as you apply. You learn and do. Learn, apply. Learn and lead. After all, leadership is action. One of the places where many leaders miss developmental opportunities comes in what we delegate. Our natural tendency is to give others tasks to perform rather than leadership functions to fulfill. You see how that even feels different? Giving somebody a task to perform versus leadership functions to fulfill. We need to make a shift in our thinking. We need to make a shift in our delivery. If we don't delegate leadership with authority as well as accountability, and we talked about that on our podcast where we talked about middle management, go back and check that episode out of being able to or being in a position where you are in middle management, but you don't necessarily have the authority or the accountability. So go back and check out that episode. But if we don't delegate leadership with authority as well as accountability, our people will never gain the experience they need to lead well. So as leaders, as we are developing these experiences for our team, we need to make sure that they are fully supported. And when I think about roles in the laboratory where this can be a challenge, I think about people who are maybe in a lead tech role or tech specialist type role where you have the leadership over that discipline, say your hematology lead or chemistry lead and all things related to that particular discipline filters up through you, your regulatory processes, the quality uh, that comes in under that discipline. But you don't necessarily have the authority or the accountability for the people that might work in that area because they typically report to a supervisor or manager that's not you. And so, you know, being able to provide those leadership experiences. So people in those roles need to be able to hold people accountable when they're not filling out the maintenance logs, when they didn't do a patient lot to lot, when they didn't fill out or their QC was not labeled appropriately. And if you did a refrigerator or freezer audit, you would find 
QC or Calibrator or other products and they're not labeled appropriately. They need to be able to really hold their team accountable so that everybody's job is making sure that the laboratory is in compliance at all times. So here's some questions or here's a question you must ask yourself. Am I providing my people with leadership experiences? So if you are the manager, the supervisor, and you do have rising stars within your team, are you providing them with leadership experiences or are you just delegating function, delegating tasks for them? Power tip number seven, reward leadership initiative. Taking initiative is such an important part of leadership. The best leaders are proactive. They make things happen. Most leaders are initiators, but that doesn't mean that every leader feels comfortable when others use their initiative. So just because they trust their own instincts doesn't mean they trust the instincts of other people. And you can see that when people delegate, if they trust the instincts of other people and what they choose to delegate. It's true that emerging leaders often want to take the lead before they are really ready to, but potential leaders can only become full-fledged leaders if they are allowed to develop and use their own initiative. So what's the solution? Well, good timing. If you rush the timing, you short circuit the growth process. If you rush the timing, you short circuit the growth process. So if you hold leaders back when they're ready to move, you can stunt their growth. And what happens in our environments is that when people are ready to, to grow, they are they ready and you like, well, you gotta wait, there's no opportunity, then guess what? They leave, they go to another organization where they're ready to grow and develop. So you have to know your team and you have to know when you have those leaders who are ready to grow and they're ready to take on something else. They're ready to learn something else so that you don't stunt their growth. One of the things that you can do to help navigate the timing issue is recognizing whether your mindset is one of scarcity or abundance. So if you remember early on in this podcast, I talked about it starting with you as the leader. If you believe that the world has only a limited amount of resources, a finite number of opportunities and so forth, then you may be reluctant to let your leaders take risk because you may think that the organization will not be able to recover from mistakes. On the other hand, if you believe opportunities are unlimited, that resources are renewable and unlimited, you will be more, more willing to take risk. You will no doubt your ability to recover. So, you know, the question to ask yourself is how are you doing in this area? Do you reward leadership initiative? 
power tip number eight. And I hope you've been able to take in some of these nuggets so far, especially if you are the leader of your team. These are things to think about, things that are against the technical way of looking at it, but really putting that value into people and really thinking about your people. So power strategy number eight, providing a safe environment where people ask questions, share ideas, and take risk. Pulitzer Prize winning historian Gary Willis said, leaders have a say in what they are being led to. A leader who neglects that soon finds himself without followers. It takes secure leaders at the top to let the leaders working for them be full participants in the organization's leadership process. If leaders in the middle question them, they don't take it personally. So if you are a senior leader and your frontline manager questions you, don't take it personal. When they share ideas, the leaders cannot afford to feel threatened. When people lower than they are in the organization want to take risks, they need to be willing to give them room to succeed or to fail. Right. So providing that whole safe environment where people feel comfortable asking questions, sharing their ideas, posing potential solutions to problems that's in the work environment, which may require a degree of risk. Leadership by its very nature challenges. It challenges out of date ideas. It challenges old way of doing things. It challenges the status quo. Never forget that what gets rewarded gets done. If you reward complacency, you will get complacency from your leaders in the middle. But if you can remain secure and let them find new ways of doing things, ways that are better than yours, the organization will move forward more quickly. So think about this. And I know as lab people, sometimes we want to fix it. But instead of trying to be Mr. Answer Man or Miss Fix It, when your leaders or your team start coming into their own, move more into the background. Try taking on the role of a wise counselor or chief encourager. Welcome the desire of your best leaders, your rising stars, your frontline champions to innovate and improve the organization. After all, I think you'll agree that a win for the organization is really a win for you as well. So what role are you playing in your organization? Are you the expert or are you more of an advisor and advocate and advocate? Ask yourself, am I providing an environment where people can ask questions, share ideas and take risks? Power tip number nine, grow with your people. I've talked to a lot of leaders during my career and I've detected a number of different attitudes towards growth. You know, sometimes people think growth just happens and unfortunately it doesn't just happen. But here's how I would summarize what I've, what I've gotten from various leaders. They would e either say something like, I've already grown. I want my people to grow. 
I'm dedicated to helping my people grow. I want to grow along with my people. So guess which attitude fosters an organization where people are growing? When people in an organization see the leader growing, it changes the culture of the organization. It immediately, and I mean immediately, removes many barriers between the leader and the rest of the people, putting you on the same level with them, which makes the leader much more human and accessible. It also sends a clear message to everyone. Make growth a priority. So question for you to think about here and to ask yourself, and this one is pretty simple. Am I growing with my people? It's easy as managers to tell your team they can go back to school, take advantage of different resources the organization may offer, such as tuition reimbursement and different opportunities like that. But are you one of those people that are being a champion for your people to grow, but yet you aren't doing any growing yourself. So ask yourself, are you growing with your people? Are you committed to professionally developing yourself along with that of your team? Power tip number 10, draw people with high potential into your inner circle. Mark Sanborn, the author of The Fred Factor, it's better to have a group of deer led by a lion than a group of lions led by a deer. And why is that, you would think? Well, because even if you have a group of deer, if they are led by a lion, they will act like a pride of lions. Isn't that something? And really, it's true. When a People spend time with someone and are directed by them. Then they learn to think the way that person thinks and do what that person does. And their performance start to rise according to the capability of their leader, which is important that you grow with your people. The best way to develop high caliber leaders is to have them mentored by high caliber leaders. If you lead your organization, you're probably the best or at least one of the best leaders in the organization. That's why you're in the role that you're in. If you're not already doing so, you need to handpick the people with the greatest potential, invite them into your inner circle and mentor them. It doesn't matter if you do it with one or with a dozen or with a hundred or whatever your capacity might be, but whether you work one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting, develop high caliber leaders. The main thing is that you need to be giving your best to your best people. And I know a lot of times we spend a lot of our time on the people who are not our high caliber people. These are people that are our low or poor performers. So switch that thinking and spend your best with your high caliber people. Are you doing that? Or are you spending, spending all your time trying to manage somebody out of the organization? What is your answer to that question? Am I drawing people with potential into my inner circle? Are you creating those high caliber leaders? Are you 
the lion leading the pack? Or are you a deer trying to lead a group of lions? And I tell you, that's probably not going to work out well if you are a deer trying to lead a pack of lions. Commit yourself to developing a leadership team. Power tip number 11. Let's face it. No one does anything well, right? Even the greats don't do everything well. They are skilled in their particular area or skilled in their discipline. So even thinking about our teams, most people, even if they're generalists, they can do, you know, everything at least average. But there are some things they really stand out in. Maybe they really stand out in coagulation or they really stand out in chemistry or they really stand out in hematology. So nobody can do everything well. I can't do it. I can't do it all. And ask yourself, can you do it all? And if you haven't read the book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell, it contains 21 solid leadership principles. Nobody is good at all 21, right? So these are things you strive to be better and better and better at each and every day. But nobody is just amazing at all of them. So if you want your organization to reach its potential, if you want it to go from good to great or depending on where your team is now, it could be from average to good. You need to develop a team of leaders, people who can fill in each other's gaps, people who challenge and sharpen one another. If we try to do it all ourselves, we will never get beyond the glass ceiling of our own leadership limitations. So think about it. If you have a great team and people are filling in the gaps, it reminds me of working on the weekend when I was working as a bench tech and working on the weekends, typically you would have a smaller crew. We would have three people. We covered hematology, chemistry, blood bank, and sometimes phlebotomy if they walked up to our window. And there were times when you had to cover another person's area if they were out to lunch or break. But it was one of those things where, you know, it's limited staffing. You know who you have working for the shift. And if you had the opportunity to create the assignment, so you come together as a team and you pick where each person is working at, at least that's what we got to do. Everybody would play to their strengths knowing that we still had a decent amount of volume, less people. We wanted to put people in their areas that they can shine, right? That they would do well, that they could do that area forward and backward. And then during breaks and stuff, they would cover the area in which they were more average, not necessarily the superstar in working the weekend. So think about it that way, committing yourself to developing your leadership team so that you can either move from that average to good or that good to great. And last but not least, the final power leadership tip is unleash your leaders to lead. As leaders, if we feel an uncertainty 
or insecurity about the leadership development process, it is usually not related to the training we give. The uncertainty we feel comes when we contemplate releasing our leaders to lead. It is not dissimilar to what parents feel about their kids. Trust me. <laughs> My kids, I have, uh, I'm a bonus mom. So I have a uh, 19, 18, 14, and two year old. <laughs> so the older ones are grown and are pretty much grown. They're in college uh, and they're figuring life out. But, you know, when they were a little bit younger, the hardest thing was to release them to make their own decisions when they were teenagers. And, you know, definitely it was scary, but if you don't let them try to figure out their wings, they will never fly. So even with my two year old, she's trying to figure things out. She's trying to figure out her way and trying different things. And and so, you know, trying to let her build her own wings and not be a safety net every step of the way. So as I continue to get older I have to come to think of myself or I've come to think of myself as a lead lifter, more so as a, a lead lifter with as I work with and, and mentor uh, leaders and coach leaders and that that my main function on a team is really to, to be a lead lifter. I love seeing other people shine and reach their potential. If I can lift the leadership lids for the members of my team, then I feel like I'm really doing my job. The more barriers I remove for my people, the more likely they are to rise up to their potential. And that's what really great what and that's what's really great when leaders are lid lifters for the leaders in the middle of the organization. Because we know that people in the middle of the organization, that's really what steers the ship of that organization. So when the people that are in the middle of the organization, when those leaders become lid lifters for the ones at the top, if you become dedicated to developing and releasing team leaders, your organization will change and so will your life. And ultimately, the teams will have more retention and more leadership because people stay when they are valued. They stay when there's a value on leadership. They stay when they're able to unleash their leadership potential. They stay when they feel like their boss, their manager is committed to developing the team. They stay when there's high potential. They stay when they see their manager, their leader, their director growing with them and committed to growth. They stay when there's a safe environment where people can ask questions, share ideas and take risks. They stay when there's a reward for leadership initiative, they stay when they are provided leadership experiences. They stay when they know that you know and respect them as people. They stay when 
people are able to develop their potential. They stay when there's a high value on leadership. They stay when there's a commitment to resources, to develop people, trainings, webinars, conferences, mentoring programs, coaching programs, online trainings available for the team. They stay when they see that that high value is placed on people. And ultimately, they stay when there is an environment that unleashes new leaders. And with that, that's how people stay. That's how you know if you're building a team that lasts. So hopefully you were able to get some power tips from this episode of Elaborate Topics. I am your host and leadership mentor, Tywana Wilson. You can check out previous episodes at directimpactbroadcasting.com. You can also leave us a video testimonial of what you thought about this episode or what tidbits you got from it. We would love to feature you on our social media channels. It's real quick and easy. You can do the video from your phone. You don't have to download anything. All you have to do is press a button and start talking or if you don't want to be on video, that's fine. You can send us a note. We are on the various social media channels, but we also have a group on LinkedIn, Elaborate Topics, where you can go to the group and let us know your thoughts from this episode or any of the previous episodes. So thank you so much for listening. Share this with a colleague. And until next time, have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics, where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.